This program is brought to you by A to B Media Partners. Be sure to listen to the After Two Beers podcast on Spotify, Apple iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Pocket Casts. Also, make sure to visit www.aftertwobeers.com. Welcome to the After Two Beers podcast. I'm Dutch Dalton, joined as always by Kimmy Gibbler. That's me. Now, Gibbler, we're going to do an interview session this week. Kind of an impromptu one, and we're very excited about it. Absolutely. I love this guy. Yes. We are inviting back to our show. So this is back-to-back weeks where we've had returning guests. Nice. This is kind of a cool deal. People want to return to us? Yeah, that's wild, right? Normally they would run from us. They must not listen. (laughs) Well, we are welcoming back this week... Oh, you got a big dog, too? Who's your big sweetie? We are welcoming back D.C. Parmit. D.C., welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be back. What's the name of your dog? My dog's name is Legend. He is American Staffy and Pitbull Mix. Oh. Yeah. How long have you had uh, your dog? Uh, It'll be five years in November. Wow. Legend. So he was a rescue from California. So just to to bring everybody up to speed that's listening to the interview session this week, DC was on our show before, and DC has spent a majority of your adult life traveling the world on tours for rock and roll and hip-hop and R&B and a little bit of everything, right? Yes, sir. I mean, I've worked from everyone from Kenny G to Heavy D and the Boys to (laughs) Michael Jackson to Ozzy to Sade to Elton and many more in between. Now, I want to know who did more drugs, Kenny G or Ozzy Osbourne? Well, Ozzy was sober when I worked for him, and I (laughs) believe he's sober now. So, Ozzy, people get this bad, this wrong image about Ozzy that he is some insane character like he is on stage. But no, he is, he's a gentleman, he's incredibly intelligent. He's a fantastic artist and very creative, but for some reason, you know, people think back to, you know, what he was doing in the 80s, which is not the case today. So I don't know what to tell you about that, sir. (laughs) Well, most recently, uh, and for for a while now, you can kind of fill us in, you've been working specifically with uh, someone that's been knighted. Oh, he has. You, You are correct. And that is Sir Elton John. That is correct. And so how long have you been on tour with Elton? Well, I started working for him in 1997. And I don't know if you count this as working for him, even though there's no tour going on. or, But I started with him in 1997. Well, and that's one of the things. Now, we, you know, we're going to chat with you about, you know, your, your life on the road because the stories that we can get from you are way more interesting than anything that we've got to talk oh, yeah. about. But uh, even more interesting than the mayor, the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But the reason we wanted to chat with you, uh, in addition to is the world has grossly changed over the last 18 months, especially 12. And it has clearly affected your life. But you guys are going back on tour potentially this fall. How excited is Elton and yourself and everybody else to get back on tour? Oh, man, we can hardly wait because it's like being away from your loved ones for that long, you know, because there was no closure. There was no goodbye. There was more like, hey, I'll see you in 10 days, you know, stuff like that. There was no 
you know, because if obviously if we would have known this would have happened, you know, we would have said more of a, you know, heartfelt goodbye. But we are so excited to start up September 1st in Berlin. The vaccine's rolling out. Governments are loosening restrictions. And the only thing we need to worry about is whether or not the government of each country we're going to will allow, you know, concert size gatherings. That's the only thing. I mean, we are ready. We will be ready to go. We'll be there wherever they allow and where they don't allow. We'll come back and make it up at a later time. But uh, we are so ready to go. When are you expected to be back in the States? We our tour is scheduled to start January 19th, 2022 in New Orleans. And I fully expect to do that because I read today that the vaccine, everyone that wants a vaccine will have one by, I think, the end of May. So that is very positive. And again, it's down to the local authorities, whether or not they will allow crowd sizes, the size of our crowd. It just depends. But we will be ready to go. And when everything's open, we will be there. We'll be coming to your town. Will help you party down. And speaking of which, we are we're based out of the Midwest, specifically we're very close to Indianapolis. You're scheduled to be back in Indianapolis early April of 2022, correct? Yes, sir. April 1st. So what will? And, and this is a uh, you know no one could have predicted any of this, but if you looked into a crystal ball today, what does a concert in early April 2022 look like? How many According to my crystal ball, yes. I mean, it looks there's probably more attention spent to, you know, cleaning and sanitizing things in the arena, both the audience portion and the backstage portion. And uh, I think it'll look, you know, quite normal. There'll be obviously there'll be people that don't make the show, you know, and some people will come the wrong night, but. I'm sure closer to the event, we will be, you know, advertising and reminding ticket holders that the show is April 1st in Indianapolis. And that that will go on all over the country. And as a matter of fact, all over the world that people will be notified several different ways, you know, when their show will be taking place. What does capacity look like? What is capacity in Indianapolis? Well, when you're there, are you going to be at... 100% 100% capacity, 75%. Oh, no, we'll be sold out. We're This farewell tour is sold out everywhere. So, so, and, um, well, I then, mean, that's we don't have a problem. So then you've kind of answered my question then, which is by 2022, you expect us to basically be back to living life like we did, other than taking that's, some more responsible measures maybe with cleaning and sanitizing and things like that. But other than that, you're going to be shoulder to shoulder with a stranger, potentially enjoying all kinds of phenomenal music. That's my prediction. I mean, if if you look at during flu season, you know, you're doing the same thing. Now, granted, COVID is much more serious than the flu and much more deadly and not to diminish the severity of COVID. But if you look during flu seasons... Uh, some people get vaccinated, some people don't, and yet we all mingle all together. What you know, I'm sure some people might choose to wear masks, which, you know, that's cool. Yeah, and I, I'm with you. I think that's what you're going to start to see. 
I think you're going to start to see people just wear masks more often. Like, I mean, you see it more in Asian cultures. What will it? Yeah, be? you see, you see that a lot in Japan when um, when someone's sick there, they they wear a mask out of you know courtesy to the general public. How many tours have you been on? Well, I've been doing this since October of 1986, so I'll say a lot. <laughs> he didn't have a tally mark. <laughs> Did you? Uh... No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> Did you collect anything? Like when they're uh, when you're you're in the dirt and they somebody's got to go through and like do your stuff, go through your stuff. Like I feel bad for anybody who goes through mine. There's gonna be a bunch of bubbleheads and all that. Kind of, it's gonna be a fun <laughs> auction for somebody anyway. But what has DC collected? What have you amassed from your years and years on the road? I have every single itinerary and laminate I was given for the tours I did and am doing. Everyone. Wow. That's I also have a whole selection of tour jackets and other sort of swag and other memorabilia. What's your, uh, I mean, I don't know if you have a favorite, but. What's maybe your favorite piece of memorabilia? Like the house is on fire and you can save one thing. What are you grabbing? Wow. Um, I got a handwritten thank you note from Elton. Wow, that's really cool. That is that's, cool. We're going to have to, there's going to have to be a couple. So it's the handwritten letter from Elton. Um, did he spell I'm your name the, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, he did. Kidding. He didn't need any prompting. No, he he knows Everybody on the crew, he knows their spouse's name, and he knows where they live. He's kind of a creeper. <laughs> no, he's not. He, he's just... a man of the people. That's now, if, cool. if you and Gibbler did that, that would be creepy. <laughs> <laughs> if we knew all Elton, the addresses right. of everybody on the tour. <laughs> DC, we know where you live, and no. I just need let you need to know you're getting low on toilet paper in the other bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I like what you've done with the curtains. <laughs> <laughs> what will it be like when you guys get to finally see each other again? Oh, my God. There'll be a lot of hugs, maybe some tears, a lot of like, how have you been? You know, and just it's it's like when you come back to school after summer, except the summer <laughs> being 18 months. <laughs> Aside from Indianapolis. What is the one city that you're looking forward to getting back to? Actually, I am looking to forward to Indianapolis because I have a bunch of friends there and I get to see you guys. And um, and there's also St. Elmo's. Ah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's the shrimp sauce, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with their with their 12 pound. You know what? You know, I love I love D.C. Because of all the world, he makes one of his decisions based on the food he can consume. Not the art, <laughs> not the architecture. <laughs> He's like, you got to try the cocktail sauce. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of the You same know way. what? To, to each his own. Absolutely, to buddy. each his own. How do you take... You know, because some, some guys on tour play golf. Some guys go to the movies. Some guys go on long walks. You know, it just... Everybody's doing a different thing. Yeah. So there's always talk of, you know, who gets into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and who doesn't make it. And I'm going to play a game with you. Okay. Okay. So we've done this in the past when we've had musicians on. 
And right. I'm going to allow, we've got a, a, a small gathering of people too. They can throw out names. But you have literally worked with hundreds and hundreds of these people. And so I may, you may not want to play this game. But what I'll do is I'm going to name an artist. And you tell me overrated or underrated on their music. Okay. Um, can I tell you a little um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing? That yeah. uh, Davy Davy Johnstone, Nigel Olson, and Dee Murray, Elton's original band, should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but they're not. So I don't know what kind of Hall of Fame that is without those guys in it, because they were they, along with Elton, are responsible for his greatest his greatest works and his and his most prolific creative period. So. Are, would they be considered hired guns? They'd be considered like session men or side men or whatever you, you know, whatever you want to call it. But there's, there's a, uh, there's a wing of the, there's a wing of the hall of fame that encompasses folks like that, you know, like from muscle shoals and, um, from, you know, Memphis and the LA studio folks, but there's definitely a, a wing for people like that. That, and that's okay. very cool too, because we've talked about Kenny Arnoff on the show, and and uh, there's a phenomenal documentary called Hired Guns that was on Netflix. I think it might be on right uh, the I don't know the Prime Video one maybe now, but it, regardless, it's phenomenal. All right, here we go. Let's start with one of mine right off the bat. The okay. e- the Eagles. <laughs> Overrated. <laughs> DC. Well. And this is going to be, this is like such a neutral answer right in the middle because, you know, I used to underappreciate them. But then when I saw that, that concert they had on ESPN last summer, live from the forum, I'm like, you know what? All right. They're all right. (laughs) They're fine as long as they don't play Hotel California. Oh, I hate that fucking song. (laughs) I hate You know what? I, I do not like that song already gone. That song, that's one of my top five songs I do not care for. All right. Dave Matthews Band. Gibbler, you want to go first? No, I'm good. I I love Dave Matthews, so a lot of people don't. It's not that I don't love him. It's just everybody makes him out to be just amazing. I just don't see it. I think he's surrounded by amazing artists. He's good. I'm not saying that. She's giving me this look like. No. (laughs) You're entitled to your opinion. DC, what do you think? Yeah, I was really, when I first moved up to Seattle in like late 95, early 96, there was a radio station up here called The Mountain. And they played like all the Lilith Fair folks. They played Dave Matthews. They were really, they played a lot of great stuff like Counting Crows and things like that. And I was really into the first Dave Matthews album, but then he kind of lost me after that. And then I lost interest. Yeah. But that first album, what was it, Under the Table and Dreaming or oh, something like that? that's a phenomenal album. That's a great album. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he got tons of airplay on, on the mountain. And, you know, I really, really, really liked that first album. All In right. the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Gibbler, do you have any? Not really. Not that I can think of off the top of my head. Kanye West. Wow. I'm not familiar with any of his work. Really? Yes. How the Although, hell? I do have a Kanye West story. Oh, wow. We got to hear this. All righty. Elton was playing in Las Vegas during, I think it was during the Red Piano, 
and he was supposed to see, we were supposed to get tickets for Kanye West. I was going to meet him and escort him into see Elton and then, you know, take him to his seats and then bring him back and all that. And he showed up late because the shows in Vegas are early. There's seven thirty shows. So Elton was already on stage when he showed up and he said, he and the woman he was with, they went right to the vending machine and he goes, okay. He goes, you know, baby, what do you want? And he was like, okay, some chili cheese Fritos. Oh, we better get breath mints. And the chili cheese Fritos didn't drop. It was one of those vending machines with the, with the corkscrew arm. Yeah. <laughs> that when it moves, the, the product drops. And he's rocking it back and forth, the vending machine. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I'm going to watch Kanye West kill himself with the vending machine. <laughs> some chili cheese Fritos. I'm going to be famous. <laughs> and I, I finally said, I said, pardon me. I said, we've got, we've got great food in Elton's dressing room. We've got shrimp and all that. And he goes, and uh, he goes, yeah, it's okay. Let's go see the show. But that's what? Wow. That's interesting. Did he get his Fritos? Yes, he did. He finally got him. <laughs> but he went, they went right for the vending machine. I'm like, you know, we've, we've got great food. We've, you know, got champagne and, yeah, but, you know, and then Elton never did meet him because he left early. Wow. Really? Showed up late and left early. Yeah. And, well, that's a celebrity. Well, but he got his chili cheese Fritos. <laughs> I feel like if, if anyone listens to this, if we don't get a box of free chili cheese Fritos. <laughs> I mean, she oh, just chili wanted some cheese chili cheese Fritos. Fritos. Are awesome. I'm not saying she's a gold digger. <laughs> right. Maybe it was the golden corn, the golden corn of Fritos brand uh, corn chips. Let uh, Let's stick with an artist that might be tied to Elton. How about Eminem? I like a couple of his songs, and I think he is an amazing artist. So I would say he is not underrated and he's not overrated. He's amazing. Billy Joel. Um, he has a huge body of work, which speaks for itself. And those Elton and Billy shows were amazing. It was like three and a half hours of hits, you know, where Elton would, would join Billy on stage. Billy would join Elton. At the end of the show, it was both bands and Elton and Billy and he is incredibly good live. So now, are, are, there's my answer. Are they competitive? Are musicians competitive? So like, yes. So Billy, yes. Billy and Elton are on tour together, right? Do they do they want to outperform the other? Yes. So you're really given a very PC DC answer. No, that is, <laughs> that is the answer. No. You know, just like athletes are competitive and people in, in business are competitive, you know, you, you want to be better than your peers. All right. Who puts on a better show, Billy Joel or Elton John? Oh, that's that's a difficult one. <laughs> um, I've, you know what? I've never seen Billy solo. I've only seen him with Elton. Ah. So um, I'd say they're equal. Is there any chance that they will ever perform together again? That is the million-dollar question. I mean, at this point, I don't know. Uh, Billy has his Madison Square Garden residency. Elton has the farewell tour. And when the farewell tour is all said and done, you know, I'm not sure what Elton's going to want to do. You know, will he, will he fully retire? Will he still make music? Will he still perform live in front of an audience? 
you know, that's, that's something that he needs to figure out, but you know, we're, we're committed for the next, for the next while to I've, the farewell tour. I've got an extra mic or two if he wants to join the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Let me, um, let me work on that. Just like the theme song. Uh, oh. Yeah. He might want to do the theme song himself, you know? I would love, and now I know your time is very, very valuable, and I mean that. I, and that's, I'm normally a smart ass, so I don't want it to come off that way. Um, but it would be really cool for us when you are back in Indianapolis to sit down and do something like this together. And, and obviously, Oh, I hell yeah. Yes, we would absolutely love to do that. I'll, be, I'll even buy the shrimp cocktails. Actually, <laughs> when did you say you were going to be in New Orleans in 2022? January 19th is oh. the show. I was trying to think of how close we were to Mardi Gras. Oh, is Mardi? Oh, Easter's late in 2022. Easter's really late. Easter is when is Easter? Hold on a second. Easter, Easter, Orthodox Easter's on the 20th. Easter's on the 17th of April next year. Oh. So then you have 40 days of Lent. I'm not going to count backwards on my calendar you don't need to do that we know it's not january nope definitely not january (laughs) no what's the craziest elton john story that you can tell us Mm. the craziest elton john story i mean it could be it doesn't have to be negative it doesn't have to be funny oh no no i've got a great one um we were we were in savannah georgia i went to the airport in the limousine. I got two limousine stories. I went to the airport in the limousine to get Elton. And in those days, um, there, it was a stretch limousine. And I went there and I had asked for a police escort because the airport was about 25 minutes from the venue. And when he was landing, you know, there might, there was going to be traffic and all that. So I asked for and got a police escort. So one policeman, was at the airport to meet us and I introduced him to the driver and I got Elton and all that. We took off and this guy was amazing. A one car police escort. He was blocking lights. He was waving us through. He was weaving in and out of traffic. This guy was awesome. We got to the venue in about 10 minutes Oh wow! and Elton, Elton got out of the car and he goes, wow, that was fantastic. <laughs> the other passengers didn't quite enjoy it. <laughs> he got a, it's like riding a roller coaster. Right? It was. And I was sitting up in the front seat and I'm watching all this unfold and I'm like, man, this was great. And we're in, he's not even chasing anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was okay? And that was you had a, another limo story. Yeah, I was. This is this is probably the last time we used stretches. Um, we were in Albuquerque and we played the arena called the Pit. I think that's where the University of New Mexico plays, and it's and they dug down in the ground. So instead of building from the ground up. They built from the ground below and we were in a stretch limo and we were, you know, we could drive down to the dressing room and the limo high centered and got stuck. Well, every, <laughs> everybody jumped out, <laughs> everybody jumped out and ran down to the dressing room. And I looked at Elton's old director of operations and said, 
I guess I'll be getting an SUV from now on, huh? <laughs> he said, do you think? <laughs> we, I, there was a phenomenal documentary that ESPN did on the Chicago Bulls, and it was really centered around Michael Jordan. And one of the right. things that I took away from the documentary was when they traveled, he couldn't do anything. He had to literally live in a hotel because it's not like he can just walk down the street. Everyone knows who Michael Jordan is. When everyone thinks of Elton John's life, do you ever sit back and think, I'm glad I'm not him, that I can go to St. Elmo's and have dinner and not face what they face? You know, that's one of the trade-offs from fame because you have to give up yourself. I mean, people know, especially after Elton's book came out, people know so much about him. You know, it's all there in the... You know, it's not hearsay or speculation. I mean, it's right there in his own words. So that's a problem. I mean, my guess is he's seen the back of arenas, more more, more industrial trash bins and hotels and arenas than probably anybody else. Because you're right. I mean, you know, that's a trade-off. I mean, that's the fans made Elton what he is. And that's part of, you know, fandom is, you know, being recognized and things like that. But, you know, I've never known Elton to be a, you know, hotel room prisoner or things like that. You know, if there's something he's wanted to do, he'll go out and do it. That's really cool. And he doesn't, you know, you know, that's part of the trip. You know, you just, you know, as long as people are respectful and as long as people are respectful, especially if he's with his kids or eating or something like that, I think, you know, but you wouldn't like it if you had a mouthful of food and someone came up babbling incoherently to you. I mean, other than Gibbler. That's okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm surrounded by people that do it, but it normally involves after two beers. That's true. <laughs> well, there you go. Lucky you. Has there ever been an artist that has toured for as long as Elton and maintained the quality of the performance that he has. Wow. Well, not this, not this length, but you could say, you know, there's a lot of bands that have been touring. I mean, obviously not as long as Elton because he, you know, I think his first show in the, at the Troubadour was in 1970, but, um, there's a lot of bands that, you know, the la- I saw the very last Rush show in 2015, and that was amazing. You know, I've seen Metallica a bunch of times. Every show, amazing, just spot on. You know, I've seen, I've seen a lot of shows, you know, where the artists are older, but they're still amazing. They're still playing and performing at a high level, and that's, that's all you can ask for out of your out of the people you go see is that they give it their all every night. And and that's, I guess my point with Elton, the guy's been doing it for 50 years and he's, it's still an amazing show. Fantastic quality and, and, and voice is still just very crisp and oh yeah. Does he still love it as much today as it was when 1970 when he started? Oh, he sure does. He sure does because as an artist, you know, you could spend months or couple of years making your record and you don't know what people really think about it but when you play live you get immediate feedback you get the roar of the crowd you get the crowd's energy and that's that's one thing 
fantastic about Elton, the the more energy of the crowd, the more energy from Elton, which leads to more energy from the crowd, which leads, you know, it's that it's the whole circle of life thing. And Elton loves to perform and it really shows. I think in all the years I've been with him, I've seen him perform sick. I've seen him perform in bad weather. I've seen him perform under all kinds of circumstances, and he always delivers. He always exceeds expectations. That's awesome. If he could do a duet with anyone that he hasn't done it with, guy or girl, it doesn't have, I, I don't know. Would you still call it a duet if it's two dudes? Um, what do you call that, a duo? Uh, I'm not I sure. I don't know. I think. Who, who is the one performer, in your opinion, that he should record a song with that he hasn't? Um, I've got a couple. Uh, Eddie Vedder, for one. one. Eddie's got an amazing baritone. And Eddie is an amazing singer. And I think he and Elton, depending on the song, would complement, you know, each other really well. So Eddie Vedder's one. Um, Shoot, I had some on the tip of my tongue. Eddie Vedder. Uh, James Hetfield would be an unusual collaboration. Would they sing a Metallica song or would they do an Elton? They song? would sing whatever, you know, <laughs> like for example, I, I was on YouTube today and I saw uh, James Hetfield and Jerry Cantrell doing an acoustic version of don't fear the reaper. Oh, wow. And it was amazing. The audio quality is not so good because it was recorded in the crowd. That's so cool. But yeah, those those would be my two mm. guests. And on the female side, um, wow, Lady Gaga and Elton, I think, Ooh, would be amazing. That would be awesome. You know, because they're they're really close friends, and I just you know I just think it would be amazing the two of them. Yeah, together. I'm surprised they haven't yet. Actually, how about Pink? You know what? That would be fantastic. That would be fantastic. What a great show that would be, too. Oh, man. Because she's an amazing performer as well, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I saw her in the summer of 2019, and she was flying over the audience. That's what I went. And she was singing. That was still singing upside down. That's because you were high. Oh, man. You were were at home. It was fantastic. Was fantastic. Anytime Phenomenal. you get a chance to see Pink, do it. All right. Uh, I'm going to rapid fire some questions at you real fast here. And I'm going to okay. come up off the, with, right off the top of my head. And you just throw out like your, your first or so, this is like one of them tests where you're on the couch and we're going to ask you some crazy shit. We're going to wrap it up with this. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Best rock album of all time. Damn you. Not you too. Okay. No, it's not you too. Um, best rock album of all time. I'm gonna have to go with "Ride the Lightning" by Metallica. Really, the best of but, all time. In my opinion, now that's see, that's a tough question. Do you have kids, Dutch? I do. Okay, which one of your kids do you like best? I love them both the same. There you go. Uh, Even though we both know that's bullshit, you like one of them better. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> no, that's that's the first album that came to mind. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, best song of all time. Oh man, or man, best. these are killers. Best song of all time. Like, if you could be known for writing the lyrics to one song, what song would it be? So any genre, really. It could be anything. Like, what at, be? I mean, you look at McCartney and Lennon. They are drastically different writers. Yeah. Correct. Um, I'd want to be known for writing Back in Black. Really? Again, just off the top of my head. I love the fact that your answers are so out there. Right. Have you ever been on an ACDC tour? I have not. And for many, that's one of the bands that, you know, ACDC, Metallica. I mean, it's it's obviously it's it's too late for um, it's too late to work for Rush and Van Halen. But, yeah, I would love to work for them for Metallica or ACDC or AC. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Either one. Do they still tour actively? ACDC? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, but you know what? They had their album out this year or last year called Power Up, which was amazing because the last couple ACDC albums, there's like one good song and the rest is not so good. But uh, the Power Up album is amazing. And they were supposed to do a tour. You know, they didn't even get anything off the drawing board because, you know, everything, everything changed about a year ago before the album was even out. So I'm sure they'll tour once everything loosens up. What is your favorite tour? Not artist, but the actual what, whatever tour it was. You mean tour that I've done? Yeah. Or that you've attended. Maybe as or a, the, as a fan. Oh, you mean show or tour? Um, well, let's say tour. Tour that I've worked on. Well, there's two. Elton's number one, and then Sade is number two, so to speak. Wow, that's wild, right? That's a little bit different. Yeah. Who are the hey, two? my job's the same. Yeah. You know, I'm not there to see the show. I'm not out there to sit in the seat. My job's the same, regardless of who's on stage. Aside from music, what are some of the things that you guys do on tour to entertain your kids? What are some of the things we do on tour? I mean, what does like, um, Elton like to do? Does you guys Oh, what does Elton like you guys to do? do uh, yeah. Um, he likes to go to galleries, and he likes to go shopping, and he likes to go to record stores. He's He's got a huge vinyl collection. He's really into vinyl. And he has... He, he buys everything. He buys new artists, you know, folks like Ray Charles... And people like that. He's just got a voracious appetite for music. Elton loves supporting new artists. And he has. I mean, he he got on the Macy Gray bandwagon pretty early. James Blunt opened up shows for him. Ed Sheeran opened up shows for him. You know, he's been he's been a champion of new artists for ever since I've worked for him. That's really cool. Yeah, um, like you know, he, he likes. He goes he to the record store and he's like, "Look, I bought your album." <laughs> no, right. he right? he's got 
he's got the Rocket Music Hour on Apple uh, Apple Music, and he has he has so many new artists on, and folks that may not get a second look, but hello, they got Elton's seal of approval. So, guess what? Must be good. All right, now I'm going to ask you to use your editorial hat here. Okay. Not your uh, your personal hat. Okay. Who are the four individuals on the Mount Rushmore of of modern music? In my opinion, yes. Elton, Ozzy, you probably have to put on a Beatle. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, how do you pick which one? Right. Um, and you'd probably have to put on either, you know, like Mick or Keith or Pete Townsend or Roger Daltrey. You know, you can't leave them i mean there's so many ways you could go you could go hendrix you could go kurt cobain you could go um the sex pistols you could go, i mean there's so many ways you could go on that where's the coolest place to see a concert that people don't think about my there's an amphitheater outside of denver called red rocks yeah oh, and it's man. it's That's on my bucket list I think Dave Matthews, I think <laughs> Dave Matthews um, does play there, plays there when he does when he tours. So does the Avid Brothers. And um, who else did a lot of shows there? I mean, there's you two did their Unforgettable Fire film there. Um, it's just it's just a gorgeous place and it's amazing. So if, I would say Red Rocks. If you could go back to any point in time and see one artist, who would you pick and what? When, when would it be? Wow. That's a good one. Can I give you like two or three answers? Well, yeah, buddy. It's your show. We're just here to help you. Oh, okay. Um, Pink Floyd with Roger Waters. Okay. The Who with Keith Moon oh, and John Entwistle. Um, and... And who was I? I'm glad you're editing. <laughs> um, I just had another great one. So I said Floyd. Um, I'll have to go with Led Zeppelin. Yeah? Floyd, Led Zeppelin, and The Who. I know we're all talking about classic rock bands, but I've seen Jimmy Page and Robert Plant. I've seen Jimmy Page solo. I've seen Robert Plant solo. Um, I've seen Roger Waters, and I've seen Pink Floyd without Roger Waters. That's got to. How do you do Pink Floyd without Roger? It's like Credence right. when they toured without Fogarty. How do you do that? You don't. Oh well, you know what, David Kilmore. It worked. Seeing I saw Floyd. When was it? In '95 or '94? Their last tour. Yeah, but don't you feel like they're kind of like bootlegging? Are they singing his songs? Well, I mean, yeah, because they all they all wrote the songs. Yeah, but, but I mean, it's not it's not like seeing the Sex Pistols without Sid. <laughs> I mean, without um, without Johnny. I mean, each each band has one member that is unreplaceable. Only one, you know, in, in in well, you know what, you know what I mean. Would the Beatles have been good with without either McCartney or Lennon? 
No. I mean, it's not, it wouldn't be the Rolling Stones without Mick and Keith. Right. You know, I mean, there's, there's just people in each band that you can't replace. I mean, look how many Van Halen's had three singers. I was gonna say, which which version of Van Halen? <laughs> I'm not gonna. I like the original. Oh, I like Dave. I like the Dave version. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, these... uh, my, my buddy on the tour and I will will get together. We'll listen to Van Halen and we'll debate and pick apart the songs for hours. <laughs> You know, we'll we'll sit there and we'll be like, did you hear that part? Let's rewind it. No, no, wait, check that out. Check what Dave did. That involves weed, I guarantee it. <laughs> oh, yeah, we smoke weed during that. Trust me, we smoke weed. <laughs> well, DC... Because there's just, there's just something about music and weed. It, it, it's hand in hand, right? It's like gin and juice. <laughs> <laughs> well, DC, we love you. We could chat with you all night long. And I could ask you a million more questions, and, and we will have to hold that for another time. This has been awesome. Fantastic. I love um, participating with you guys, and I would love to come back in the future unless people have had enough of me. No. Which I'm... I often find the case. <laughs> <laughs> no, this has been a, an absolute pleasure for us. And, and um, you know, it's, it's funny. You and I, have, have, we've really only met once. And, right. and I am, am so comfortable speaking with you. And that's what I love about this podcast is, you know, it, it's it really like what brought us together is you have a friend, a mutual friend. And and without supportive people, then we couldn't do these shows. And and it's so cool to talk to someone like you that what you've seen through your eyes is pretty cool. So, well, I appreciate that. I mean, you you guys, you guys are doing an awesome job. And you're entertaining, you're, uh, you're great hosts, and of course the audience sucked tonight, but you know, what can you do? <laughs> what can you do? Am I right, people? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, DC, we love you, and I can't wait to see you next year, unfortunately. It's going to wait. Unless Indeed. You, unless you want to fly us all to Berlin. To do like, um, uh... I'm sorry, going into a tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate it as always, and we will talk to you soon again. Yes, indeed. Thank yep. you very much, friends yep. and neighbors. Be safe out there. You too, yes. buddy. <laughs>